You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Nikki Stott. I'd like to pay my respects to country and to all the elders, past and present, who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination. This week on Earth Matters, we're here recording from a webinar that took place in July this year, featuring four young Indigenous activists from around the world speaking about the impacts of COVID on their communities and on their environmental campaigns and struggles. This webinar event was organised by Youths for Forests and Guardians of the Forests to amplify and promote a fundraiser called Roots That Heal that's still ongoing to support the Global Alliance of Territorial Communities, which is a partnership of over 1,800 Indigenous and local communities from tropical rainforests around the world. And it's conformed by the Indonesian Alliance of Indigenous Peoples of the Archipelago, the Mesoamerican Alliance of Peoples and Forests, the coordinator of Indigenous organisations of the Amazon Basin and the articulation of the Indigenous peoples of Brazil. So I'm going to start with Maria José Bejerano. So Maria José comes from the Pueblos Chiquitanos of Bolivia in the region of Robore, one of the most affected regions by forest fires. She's a 19-year-old law student with a background as an activist for the defence of Indigenous territorial rights. She is a member of the CIDOB, which is a, the Bolivian Organization for Indigenous Peoples. And she's also a member of COICA, which is a youth action group. Hi, for everyone. Very excited to be here with Hije and Yasayas and all of you. Thank you for this space. I have been a member of the Confederation of Bolivian Indigenous Peoples, and I also am part of the network of young communicators of COICA. That means more than 500 diversities of language of all the Amazon. Next up, I'm going to introduce Walela Peter Bandeira Surui. Walela is an activist of the Peter Surui people in Brazil. She is a counselor and member of the Ethnic Environmental Association of the Canide Defense. As a lawyer, she's a strategist for the public defenders of the Rondonia Union and counselor of the State Council for the Rights of Children and Youth. And she's the president of the Academic Law Center of the UNIR University. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be here today. My name is Walela Hoi Chai, but you call me Walela or Chai. And I'm a study of law. I'm working in the Canada, and we work in the indigenous lands with the ethnic zoning and the protection, land protection. I'm an activist. I'm an indigenous woman of Saitesuri people. Yeah. Next up, we have Jacob from his home in Holwyn Village in North Sumatra. The work of Jacob with the indigenous youth of the archipelago has taken him all over the world. He is currently the coordinator of the BPAN, the youth organization of Amman, and was until this year the communications and information delegate for the General Secretary of Amman. He works on collecting the history of Indonesia to reconcile the official history of the country with the role of traditional communities over the country. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Good morning from Bogor, Indonesia. My name is Jacob Serioringo. I belong to indigenous peoples of Batak Toba from Holbun community in North Sumatra, Indonesia. I have been working for indigenous peoples since 2014, 
and now I'm a chairman of Barisan Pemuda dan Nusantara, or the Indigenous Youth Front of the Indonesian Archipelago. Being a part of Indigenous peoples itself since I was born. I was born in the community, so um, yeah, I, I am a part of them. I am the uh, generation of the Indigenous peoples. This is a movement, uh, Indigenous peoples movement in, in Indonesia. Uh, for me, it's too special and, and because this is my fight, this is my life. And last but not least, let me introduce to you Milit Saflako, and we call her Mili. Mili comes from the Embera Ekera community of the Embera Nation in Panama. She is a traditional dance teacher for young women and participates in the town's tourism project as a way of preserving culture and traditions through sustainable business practices. Since 2016, she is the president of the Embera and Wunan Youth Organization of Panama, promoting development in initiatives in the indigenous communities and rural areas of Panama, with the aim of contributing to the quality of life of indigenous peoples. So my name is Emilix Zaplaco from Panama, and I belong to the Embera Nation. We are originally from Darin province, which is the border of Panama and Colombia. But right now we are living in Embera, Kera. We work with tourism here because it gives us the economic income and also allows us to continue maintaining our culture, our traditions too. So we don't have to go to other places or to the city to find a job. We keep living in the village and we keep practicing our traditions. And so we're going to be starting off with the questions about this campaign and just learning more about indigenous communities. And so the first question I want to ask is directly to Mili and Valela is what is happening in indigenous and local communities in terms of COVID-19? What types of measures have been implemented to ensure that there's some at least safety being done for communities? And are there any cases and how are they being treated right now in your community with COVID-19? In my community so far, we don't have any cases of coronavirus, but it doesn't mean that we are not being affected by this pandemic because we used to work with tourism, but now we can't do that because nobody can visit us. But talking about, like in general, uh, indigenous people are having many cases. Like in Mesoamerica, we are having many cases and some people are dying too. So the measure that we are taking is uh, people from outside are not allowed to come to our territory. And the other thing is that like the traditional activity or sport activity in our territory are also not allowed. We are using traditional medicine to try to heal our people. It is really hard because for me, it is the first time that I'm seeing this thing. And what about, I'd love to like give the space uh, for Walela to share about um, their experiences. So in my community, the COVID arrived and we have a mother with her baby infected by COVID. And in my state, we have a lot of indigenous peoples infected by COVID. So we are very concerned because the COVID can lead to the death of many indigenous peoples. And the indigenous peoples' health is very precarious because uh, we can produce uh, some things, so we need to go to the city and we can affect it when we go to the city. So we are very concerned because that 
situation here in Brazil is very complicated. Complicated? I don't know. This is the, the word. It is so hard. It's so difficult. Yeah, no, it's a very complicated issue. And it's very obviously like your community already being infected, but also risking the fact of going to the next area of the city and being infected or slash met with violence. And it's hard, obviously, you know, with resources being limited. And something that Mili said really stood out, you know, it's about protecting knowledge and protecting people who hold knowledge, which is why Indigenous communities are so sacred. So my next question is for Jacob and Maria Jose is how has this pandemic affected the work that indigenous peoples do to protect forests? So where you live was affected by wildfires. So how does, has this affected your work of protecting? It has affected about the, all the peoples that are in extinction. And we know that it comes from the city, great help, but it's not enough because the government, it doesn't have a, the best help for the city and either for our towns or communities. Despite this, despite of the quarantine, the miners have continued working in indigenous territories. Farther complicating the situation for them is complicating all the time, every day. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's very important to recognize that even if there's a pandemic, people who are destroying forests are not stopping. And if we want that to stop, we need to contribute to the people who are protecting those forests. Jacob, would you like to share your perspective on how is this affecting your work? Uh, besides this pandemic makes us uh, afraid of, of it, um, pandemic COVID-19 also has helped indigenous communities to protect the tropical forests. Yeah? Here in Indonesia, for example, Ever since the pandemic outbreak arrived in Indonesia, Aman Secretary General uh, Rukasombolingi uh, instructed all communities and all chapters of Aman to do self-lockdown. So we believe in if we self-lockdown, which is to keep the, the gate border, yeah, gate gets in and or out. If we make sure that the border, uh, if we keep it uh, very uh, secure, we believe that the coronavirus will not be uh, affected the indigenous communities. So indigenous communities itself, they can do activities in their community. Around the circle of the community, they, they can do that without any fairness or something like that with the virus. This pandemic also helped indigenous communities to protect the forest and also our uh, whole territories. We all know that uh, many activities around the world has stopped, yeah? has stopped even though some uh, corporations still keep operating to land grab our territories. But COVID-19 has told us that the indigenous peoples that around the communities, they can do anything without exploitation activity, yeah? without land grabbing or something like that. So this is very important. In addition to COVID helping indigenous peoples protect forests, forests also protect indigenous peoples. So they can live on forest products. For example, taking from the forest traditional medicine ingredients as an antidote to COVID, in addition, several other food sources and, and et cetera, uh, and so on, and et cetera. So that's this pandemic affected and also help uh, indigenous communities. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network.
this question is for Mili and Malala. I know, Mili, you touched upon the fact that coronavirus affects ecotourism that you have in your area. And so a lot of people always think that COVID-19 is the thing that started affecting indigenous communities when it's not necessarily the case. You know, there's a lot of like violence and history that's been happening over the last few years, decades, obviously. And so can you tell us how that interconnects with more issues right now? And also like in your own community, how do you normally work or fight through a lot of issues that have been happening for, of course, centuries? Well, we always have different problems to face. The fires, invasion of our territory, and also like in my village, we face the problem with the contamination of the river and the lake because some people from outside, they come to swim in the river and they throw a lot of garbage. So when we see that, we go to the river to collect the garbage. And sometimes we leave like banners and garbage bags because we try to teach them that they need to stop doing this because if they don't, we're going to die because we need the water from the river. We need the fish. So we can't eat that fish if they eat a lot of garbage from the people that throw every day. So that is a big fight that my community has. That is a big problem for my village. Yeah, no, that brings a lot of huge concerns, right, where most of the time people are not respecting the land, they're not respecting the community, they're not respecting the culture. And so for those who are listening, honestly, this is obviously a bigger issue, right? There's not just COVID, right? There's also pollution and constant environmental degradation that's being created. And so, Walela, would you love to share your experiences of what you've been organizing, how that's interconnected? Uh, Here in Brazil, the indigenous situation is very difficult because our lands are invasion, violating our territories and violating our rights because this government hates the indigenous peoples and a big problem because we are fighting against the invasions, this violate uh, of our rights and we fighting against the COVID and fighting against the government because they hate us, they hate the forest, they hate the indigenous peoples. So it's very difficult, but we continue fighting because our life is in danger. And that's so much stress too, when you're obviously trying to protect your community and then you have the government perpetuating anti-indigeneity, not wanting the indigenous communities there, clearing the forest, violating a lot of land treaties. There's so many layers of it and COVID is just going to make things worse for indigenous communities. So we have to make sure that we show international solidarity. My next question is for Maria Jose and Jacob. Uh, so why do you think this fundraiser is important? Uh, how can this fundraiser specifically help guardians of the forest improve conditions for indigenous communities around the world? So Maria Jose, I want to go first. I think that the work carried out by the guardians of the forest is very important to us because they joined the fight of the in, not only the entire Amazon, but also of Indonesia and Mesoamerica. And it's very important to us because the main of the objectives that the Guardians of the Forest are 
access to the territorial rights, prior informed consultations, direct access to territorial funds, and stop the criminalization of our indigenous leaders. It's very important for all the communities, indigenous. I think that the moment you are donate, you are directly helping us to write funds for the purchase of food and sanitary items from the communities, as well as the transportation of people to health centers. Yeah, when you donate to this fundraiser, you're helping Guardians of the Forest's mission as a whole, right? So it's a lot more than just making communities more resilient, but it's about land rights and sanitary products and a lot of different protection. So Jacob, why don't you tell us why do you think this fundraiser is important? So this is a call for protecting our one and only home, this planet. Yeah, We live in the same planet. We are all linking. No one standing outside the earth. If indigenous peoples terrify on their territories, which mean their rights are destructed by invaders, corporations, or companies. They are afraid of our future, including you and me. So that's why these fundraisers are extremely important. You are able to participate on this campaign to spread this human being future agenda. Help indigenous peoples sending our message to decision makers around the world and help us to collect some funds in order to raise indigenous issues so people across the globe can see our best practices through struggle in order to preserve our planet this is so important so we are guardian of the forest we are doing the best uh, for you and me for our next generation for our children and for the for this planet future so for us this is so important if not us then who right so uh, if not now then when so this is a call for protecting the, the planet. I really like that you called upon everybody to be part of this movement because this is all of our homes. There's no reason why only indigenous people have to protect Mother Earth. It's all of us who have to be part of that maturing of humanity. And indigenous people show us the way towards that. So you say yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I loved everyone's common theme of home. We all deserve a home, right? But that is also requires justice and so uh, ensuring that there's justice within indigenous communities that they never have to feel terrorized by colonial structures that are upheld. Uh, This question is for everyone so which is the most important thing that you would like people to know about the work of the guardians of the forest especially those who don't really know that much about indigenous communities but understand that they are at the forefront of these movements? The most important thing here is recognize indigenous people's rights. Yeah, yeah. This is the basic way that it's very important to uh, preserve this planet. We, as Garden of the Forest, we are preserve this uh, Mother Earth. It belongs belong to us. Yeah, it belongs to us. This is not given by state or by government or by law or or, or whatever. Yeah. So this is basically uh, came from the root. Yeah, came from the uh, grow from the ground. So this is the foundation of all important actions and best practices to protect our forests, our indigenous territories. I think um, if you want to hear this message, please do. And this is the important thing to help us indigenous people. So this is very important, recognize indigenous people's rights. Not only helping for the indigenous people, we not only helping for 
for the guardian of the forest to be this campaign. We are helping 400 million of exteriors of the forest that is a and 80% of the planet biodiversity. And this is for all of the world, not only for indigenous people, not only for the location of, of that uh, forest, it's for all the world. I think it's very important to everyone know that the biodiversity, it belongs to you, belong to me, belong for everyone of the world. The indigenous people and local community we are fighting to protect our modern nature because we depend on our territories. So we are trying to protect ourselves, but we cannot do it alone. We need people from outside to join this fight too, so we can do it together. Where the indigenous peoples live is the most living forest in the world because we are the protect the, the forest. And how the Jacob said, the life is connected. And the forest is the, the life. Indigenous people are alive. And so we need to protect this. It's so important the people support us, support this campaign, and listen what we say and fight with us. How has technology enabled or hindered your activism, both before and after COVID-19? Um, in this pandemic era, we find it difficult to meet co-workers or other people because of uh, physical distancing. But with technology, we can uh, meet anyone anywhere. So like this uh, webinar, we, uh, we are connecting together uh, through this technology, right? So technology helps us uh, each other strengthen and support at a time uh, like this. The younger generations are asking, like, what messages do you have for them? The young environmental activists out there, especially that we're seeing an increase of so many youth out there being in the forefront of these movements. So for anyone who wants to answer, what advice or messages would you give to them? Indigenous youth or young activists around the world, yeah, we are all in the same line to save the planet. So this message uh, to all of you, let's get connected and unite on this fight. We are the next generation who will drive this into a better world. Whatever your groups or your organization, as long as you are a young generation who are really care uh, about this planet, about our future, let's fight together. It's time for us to fight. We have seen a lot of destruction, a lot of dangerous uh, situation, many disasters and etc. surrounding us. This is because many wars policy from the decision maker delivered to us, deliver in your country, in my country, in elsewhere, and they don't care about the future. They don't care about our lives, especially indigenous peoples. So, it is time for us to get united to fight this, this bad, bad thing. Yeah? If you are still outside and didn't know us and didn't know uh, indigenous peoples, let's get connected. We have a technology to, to meet up. Yeah? We have technology and the technology uh, make us know each other. So uh, let's fight together.
You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week on the show, we heard a recording from a webinar event that took place in July this year, featuring four young Indigenous activists from tropical rainforest regions around the world, speaking about the impacts of COVID on their communities and their environmental campaigns and struggles. And today's show was hosted by Shia Bastida, who's a Mexican-Chilean climate activist. And you can find her on Twitter at Chia Bastida. And also hosted by Isaias Hernandez, who's the creator of Queer Brown Vegan at QueerBrownVegan.com. And today's guests were Maria Jose Bejarano, who's a member of the Chicatano Nation in the eastern lowlands of Bolivia, from Herbore, which is one of the regions most affected by forest fires. And she's a spokesperson for the Confederation of Indigenous Peoples of Bolivia and a member of the youth action group COICA, the coordinator of Indigenous organisations of the Amazon River Basin at coica.org.ec. And also we heard from Wulula Huchaisirui from the Paitasirui people in the Amazon, Brazil, who's a lawyer and indigenous rights activist. And you can find her on Twitter at Walela15. And also from Jacob Siringaringo, who belongs to the Batatoba people from northern Sumatra. And Jacob works with the Indigenous Youth Front of the Archipelago, which is a wing of the Indigenous People's Alliance of the Archipelago, where he also works as a communications director at aman.or.id. And lastly, we heard from Melitza Flacco, who is a member of the Embera Nation and president of the Embera and Women Youth Organization of Panama at ojuwp.org. This webinar event was organised by Youths for Forests and Guardians of the Forests to amplify and promote a fundraiser called Roots at Heal that's still ongoing to support the Global Alliance of Territorial Communities, which is a partnership of over 1,800 Indigenous and local communities from tropical rainforests around the world. And you can find more information about that at youthfornature.org. And you can find the fundraiser at classy.org forward slash campaign forward slash roots hyphen that hyphen heel forward slash C two double eight nine four eight. It's obviously a bit of a mouthful, so we'll also link that fundraiser on the podcast. And I think it's really important to go and check that out because they've still got a bit of a way to go with that huge fundraising project, very important project. And you can find our Earth Matters podcast, including today's show at 3cr.org forward slash Earth Matters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we'd love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word? Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced with the support of 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Nam, and we can be contacted at 3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. That's all for this week, so tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. Those people who have no land rights haven't got justice, but neither do those people who have land rights have justice. You're listening to Community Radio Network around Australia, brought to you by 3CR Community Radio. Stay tuned as we bring you news, live updates, music and interviews with Aboriginal people from around the country. The only free body we have is the Aboriginal government on the grassroots and the Aboriginal embassy on the lawns outside the old parliament house. We will not go away. And as that stone rests in that mountain, and as our spirit rests in this country and over this country, we will not go away. Neither shall our power pass. And that's here forever until justice comes. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.